Welcome to Curiously Katie, where life coach, hypnotherapist, and Reiki practitioner Katie Schofield shows you how to rehabilitate your mind, heal your relationships, and then your entire life, one question at a time. Weirdos, welcome. Hello, weirdos, and welcome back. Welcome to episode 19. It's so lovely to have you here. I can't believe we are still doing this. I know it's only 19 episodes, but this is something that is such a passion project for me. And I just love creating content for you guys week after week. I love sitting down in deep, thoughtful reflection and wondering, what am I people need to hear this week? What's the message coming through from the collective that I need to share with everyone else? So if you have been even a little bit a part of this coming together or this developing into a podcast, I just want to say thank you. And if you're a listener, I want to say thank you again and again and again and again, because without you, I wouldn't be here. And I wouldn't be sharing my wisdom and my knowledge and helping the world in the way that I want to help the world. So thank you. And I have to tell you, as I was sitting down to write this, and even right now as I'm recording, my ego is yelling at me because it is throwing a little bit of a fit and causing me a little bit of stress. Because what I'm about to share with you is the story of my life that I've kept very secret and hidden from the world my whole life, especially in the last 16 months. And although, you know, it might be one of those things that other people saw in me, but I didn't realize until just now. And um, this is my perspective of the truth. And due to my upbringing and different perceptions of the world and what I've experienced, it will intrinsically be different than your experience or your expression of truth. So as always, take what resonates and leave the rest. So when in the past I have been around loved ones who have stepped into their power and identity, I often know that whatever they're stepping into, I've been seeing in them for a very long time. And so it's more of a confirmation just for them than it is for me. And that might be the experience here. So for those of you who have known me for a while or who have listened to me for a while, this might seem like a little obvious, but for me, it's still a little stressful because it feels like exposure and exposure is always stressful. Okay. So as I was sitting down to write this, my hand sat poised over the keys for a moment. And then I realized my brain does this really lovely thing where it pretends to not have any thoughts. Isn't that fun? I have clients who talk to me about this happening to them all the time. And it happens in on our calls quite a bit when I ask them a question that would cause them to go deeper into their thinking and deeper into their mind than they've been before. And the reason why our brain does this is because we have to use energy in order to think harder. And when we use energy to think about something in a different way that isn't automatic, our brain resists it by saying, oh, there are no thoughts here. <laughs> it's um, pretty sneaky. But at other times, what it feels like for me is living in total flow, being in alignment with my soul's purpose, 
And that's really beautiful. And that makes figuring out why my brain is freezing worth living. Because sometimes when it flows to me, my fingers can't move fast enough on the keyboard. And sometimes I can't move forward until I rephrase something I just wrote because the way it came out was altered by my ego and it is stated incorrectly. So it's kind of like I'm having a channeling moment. The words are coming to me from higher wisdom. And I know when I need to go back and change them so that they can be rephrased or understood differently. And and I started to recognize this conversation or this relationship as a signal that I am in alignment. I am working with this force, this not outside, but outside, benevolent, loving, compassionate, patient, understanding, respectful energy. And other times I work with this energy by asking it questions. And what I've discovered is that this is angel energy through various ways I've discovered that it's angel energy, but most recently I've discovered that it's angel energy that I meant to be working with for a lot of reasons that really don't make sense in my life. (laughs) I have made wings since I was a child. I've put wings on everything. I came out of the womb, I'm pretty sure, obsessed with pink flamingos, birds, wings, feathers, just constant obsession. And I know that's like a pretty trendy thing, but I think it's a trendy thing for a reason because there are a lot of people working with angels right now. There are a lot of earth angels assisting us. It's very conscious. It's a it's a, a potent thought in the collective because we're all experiencing this, whether or not we have broken it down and understand it and consciously are working with it. It's Um, All the synchronicities you've ever had, that's from working in alignment with your angel, working in alignment with yourself. See, I see these angels as a part of us and not our higher selves, but the highest possible evolution of our soul in the future coming sort of back in time, but not really, to work with us and help us along this time of transition and that's what it feels like to be in line in alignment with who you truly are because that angel is coming from such a high level density down to work with us and send us communications and align synchronicities and move us forward in the direction that our soul most naturally wants to express ourselves and it certainly didn't start with these conversations so i'm going to talk to you about what it looked like at the beginning of my alignment journey and where we are now. So at first, when I was first introduced to my angel, it was by another shaman and she's fantastic, Candy Wiseman. If you have the opportunity to work with that woman, I fully encourage it. She's a wonderful healer and an amazing teacher. When she first set me up with my Ascension Angel, I had to learn what it was like to work with more, even more subtle frequencies than I had already been exposed to with Reiki. And I did that using a pendulum tool 
that she blessed, that my shaman friend, Candy, blessed and connected me with my angel using that, that tool. She also connected me to the necklace I constantly wear with my angel so that I can constantly be in communication with her. Um, and she, my angel and Candy told me her name. Her name is Lo Ailey. And this angelic presence has changed everything in my life. It has brought me so much more than I need. It has <laughs> set up full body massages and um, brought me weed and roses and like all these things that are like over the top, very kind gestures of love have just showed up at my doorstep, literally. And in exchange, I have been sharing my wisdom with people and they have been so intrigued and so warmed by the light that I share with them that they go out into the world and share their warm light with others. And it is through this process of sharing love with one another that we will change the world together. So you are intrinsically involved in this enlightenment that we're all going through. Even if you choose to believe that I'm crazy or you don't want to think about angels because you have some purity culture church wounding that has this different idea of what an angel is or this, I would almost say misconception about what they are and what they do and how they function. A lot of the same things, yes, but also just their sheer ability. Um, when I was first learning how to drive my car, when I was, I think I was 16, um, I <laughs> ran out of gas and I thought my car died because when we got gas back in it, it didn't turn back on, but it turns out it was an alternator problem. But when my car died, I was at an intersection and I was, I grew up in a, Mm, like a small city, like a small city. And I was in downtown of this small city and I panicked because I saw all this traffic coming and it was rush hour and I didn't know what to do. Out of nowhere, this older gentleman, um, blue collar, he had overalls on, like real nice guy, probably in his 50s came up to me and helped me move my car out of the intersection and onto a side street and then took me inside a diner. And this was before cell phones were a thing or they were just starting to be, no, they were literally just starting to be a thing. You had to pay by the minute and I didn't have any minutes on my cell phone. So he took me into the diner to use a telephone and he walked up to the counter and asked if I could use the telephone. And then by the time I turned around, I looked outside while he was doing that. And then I turned around and then the phone was off the hook and I made the call I needed to make. And then I got off the phone and then I wanted to thank him. And so I went to the lady behind the, the counter and I, and I asked, where did that guy go that came in with me? And she goes, I don't know what you're talking about. There was no guy that came in with you. You came in by yourself. You came up to the counter. You asked to use the phone. And I kind of just stood there a little bit in shock because I was like, no. Um, I was just like, no. And then I kind of like stood there for a second and was like, wait, what? I didn't have any idea 
what happened in that moment. And I have no idea if anybody else saw that person who helped me. But that person was very much real. I could see them. I could, I could have hugged him. They were very real. But there was nobody there. And I think the weirdest part is, is that the woman, her perception of what happened is that I came in and asked to use the phone by myself. But I didn't do that. I was so shocked about my car running out of gas. Like I felt like I did something wrong. I had all this shame. I was just like spiraling in my head because I, this was a long time ago and I was 16 about everything. Like I'm going to be in trouble. I did something wrong. I had all these emotions going on in my head. I just stared out the window and the guy told me that he would go get a phone for me. And I was just like, okay, gone out the window. And then I turned back around and there it was sitting for me on the counter. So I didn't, I don't have memory of <laughs> anything else other than looking out that window. But that woman, her memory is of me walking up to that counter by myself asking to use a phone. So I think that was the first time I realized that there's something that loves me helping me. And then I grew up and I lived the rest of my life feeling like nothing out there loves me, that I'm in this alone and that I'm always going to be in this alone and nothing is happening for me. It's all happening to me. And all the suffering and pain in my life is because of other people. And when I stopped thinking that way, when I stopped feeling like I'm not loved, when I stopped when I realized I was actually worthy, I allowed myself to be willing to realize that I was worthy. I allowed myself to be willing to open my mind up to the fact that I am loved. And then I set myself busy to figuring out how that's true. <laughs> and here we are 16 months later and I am a new person. I am certain to every molecule and every atom and every tiny little vortex of quantum particles that creates this human hologram that I am worthy because I am God. God lives in me. It isn't separate. We are all together. If there if we are 99.9999999% I may have added one too many nines on there. It's nine nines. 99.99% empty space then that means we are 99 point nine 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 percent connected as well. And when you look up that quote or when you look up that little tidbit, that data of quantum energy or a, 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 that data, that principle of matter, when you look that up, you'll see the, the man who found that out to be true won a Nobel Prize. I'm not just saying that. He was given a Nobel Peace Prize, just like Einstein, <laughs> for discovering that. 
And we're not teaching that in schools. Why? I have no idea. Probably for the same reason why the first 10 articles I found online when I looked up for the name of the guy who, who made that discovery were talking about how we are all empty space. The emphasis was on the empty, the emptiness we are. But the truth is, and this is the real truth, we are actually connected. We are actually more connected than we are separate. And that is everything. That is absolutely everything. And so that means that this angel, this loving energy that wants to come, you guys, as I'm saying this, I'm about to cry because I feel so overwhelmed with love and there's literally sun beaming in my window. And it has been shitty and gray here all day. And this is just like, another sign like this is supposed to be what I'm sharing with the world we we are connected and it doesn't start this way because it's not set up to start this way but when you get connected and you realize and you have the data and you have the the quantum physics and you've done the research and you understand how we all work together in a beautiful harmony of energy and atoms and relationship because it's not you or me. It's what happens between us that shapes the world around us. And what happens between us is magic. It creates a third experience. And this is what it's like when you live in alignment. You get to realize that, oh, it's not just about me. It's not just about what I get from the relationship. It's about what we create together and how that is equally as beautiful as the individuals involved in this relationship. Alignment is about saying yes to yourself more so that you can become in align, in alignment with things that say yes to those parts of you too. There, there is a beautiful trinity that happens when you allow your heart and your soul and your angel to work together, your ego is a tool of your soul and your heart in this angel energy. And you can use your ego to help you carry out your soul's higher purpose. Or you can allow your ego to cause you so much anxiety, you can't even open your mouth and make a declarative statement about what your purpose truly is. And the more you open to this love and to this guidance that's calling you forward, the more synchronicities you pay attention to and get excited about, the more things that line up for you, the more things that line up for you, the more you see them as what they are, as winks from the universe, as love notes, as things calling you forward in the most positive, highest, highest expression of love. In those kinds of ways, the more they will continue to call you forward because you have opened yourself to them. You have been willing to experience them. And this is what it's like when you live in alignment. And, and I wasn't always in this way. I wasn't always preoccupied with finding relationships between everything and the truth is, at one point, where I started off, 
I couldn't even name my emotions. I didn't even know the name of most emotions when I started this journey. I started in one-on-one therapy and doing group therapy and not feeling like I belonged and really, really struggling with trying to decide that money matters, but it doesn't define me. And my worth isn't what somebody pays me. My worth is what I create in myself. And as I went down this journey and as I started to uncover the things about me that were beautiful and I let myself see them, I started to learn my emotions. I started to sense the world differently. I started to realize there there isn't a difference between somebody else's needs and my own. In fact, my journey kind of started in a very loud place in Honolulu, Hawaii. I don't know if you guys have been there or not, but it's very loud there, especially at night because they don't have a wall on one side of the bedroom. It's just glass panes, like glass blinds, essentially, that are big glass blinds. And they're called jalousies, which is like a word that hurts my soul to say say out loud. It's just not a pretty word. Um, And one whole side of your bedroom, the place where you sleep and have sex, is just glass. And so they have pretty strict noise ordinance rules, but it is still so loud there because it's just so small and they still have highways and they still have, you know, tons of traffic because it's a huge city. It is a giant, like population wise, very dense place to live. So (laughs) when I moved to Honolulu, Hawaii, I didn't have the quiet space I needed to think and reflect and wonder what was going on with my emotions. I started this journey of mine in a very loud place and (laughs) Saturn, my Saturn returned and ruined my life there. (laughs) Just like I knew it would. I honestly knew it would happen the whole time. I knew it while packing, packing him up and selling his things on Craigslist that he wasn't the person I was going to marry, but I was going to tell myself that for now. And I knew it when I saw him starting to stray once we got to Hawaii, that he was not the person for me, but I was sure going to try and maintain his attention. And then I knew it the day he dropped me off at the airport. He was using me and I was still letting go of everything I owned in Denver with my friends and my friends who had become family at that point. I lived there for 12 years. And I was letting go of all of that for this experience. And I'm not sure why. And I was letting this happen. But why was I doing this to myself? Because I could not not destroy my life at that time. I had to create the hellfire that birthed who I'm becoming today. And in order to do that, I had to be homeless for a minute. I had to go through some domestic violence. I had to wait tables. I had to eat a lot of really bad food, really bad food. I had to patch holes in bathroom walls with duct tape and foam um, insulating spray. 
I had to live downstairs from a crazy neighbor and across the hallway from an ex-con. I had to break my own world apart and go down in a blazing glory. Blazing, truly. But the implosion of my romantic and home life, that all shot me like a star in the sky across the country to land in a nest where I would start learning how to fly. And it's funny and somehow kind of perfect that looking back on this now, I see that even then I was only trying to communicate the truth of the universe to myself by my actions. We are all connected. I was on my quote unquote dark path, yes, but it wasn't like it had taken me over. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I was a lost cause. And the only reason why I can say that is because every time I thought, this is it, I'm done, finally, it's the end, I don't have to do this anymore, it's over, something in my heart would be like, nah, bitch, keep going. And, and not even, not even like that. It would, it would say it like this. Let me, let me do her some, some grace here. She would say, oh, my darling, I know that you're hurting right now. You can do this. We were meant for so much more. Stand up. Get out of bed. Put on something that makes you feel beautiful. Go outside. Feel the sun on your skin. Run your toes in the grass. Remember how beautiful it is to be alive. You can do this. We're not giving up yet. what it sounds like when my heart talks, when my angel speaks through me. Why wouldn't you want to interact with something like that every day? She kept me going, and that little voice that you just heard saved my life more than once. And I share this with you because I know right now we're all searching for joy. I know that's what we all want when we say alignment, right? We want to live into our purpose, to feel joy, to feel like you're fully alive in the right place at the right time and everything is happening for you. But we have to remember, being fully alive also means being fully feeling everything, the good and the quote-unquote bad. We can't fully align unless we are fully willing to forgive our mistakes. If we're fully willing to change our thinking about ourselves and our past so that we stop judging ourselves for what we did or didn't do and instead start loving ourselves for who we are now and where we are choosing to steer our lives. This is what it's like to live fully into our purpose. And when you 
are in your purpose, you're able to trust that you don't actually need to worry because Bob Marley might actually be right. Every little thing is going to be all right. Now, I know that I'm extremely idealistic, as some point out, but I want you to turn that finger right back around. Why are you judging outwardly to start with? That is highlighting an area that you need to work on. Maybe you are judgmental because you are afraid to trust that an unseen force is conspiring in your favor all the time because you are worthy of that. And because that might mean you might actually have to follow your heart. And that might mean that you actually have to do what you don't want to do, which is do what you want to do, not what other people want you to do. And you don't want to do that because you're afraid of what it would feel like when you do give yourself what you want because you're afraid it'll be taken away. And you don't want to feel the pain of separation from what you want. So you just choose not to have it. And choosing not to have what you want and choosing not to have what you desire is not working for you. Why do you think your dreams are happen in the first place? Why do you, do you think that they're an accident that you have this specific vision for your life that flashes through your head? And I know that you do because I do. I, I have a vision for my life that flashes through my head all the time, every day. It isn't what I'm living now. It's certainly not what I'm living now, but every day. And I tweak it here and I, you know, modify it there and I adjust it there, just like I'm fine tuning the lens of a photographic camera. I'm bringing it into focus the more I put my intentions there. And you can do that too. But that kind of focus, that kind of alignment doesn't come from ignoring parts of that photo that are out of focus or not working. Why do you think your dreams were given to you? They were not for someone else to live. They were made for you right now in this moment. And my angel has shown me exactly how to tap into this flow. As if I'm being accelerated to the best possible outcome to all solutions ever. And the more I find the relationships with other things around me that support this idea, the more reasons I find to share this experience and to continue following this guidance and to share this experience with others so they can continue or start their journey on what it feels like to live in alignment with themselves. So they know what it feels like to live in alignment, not only with their highest purpose, but their highest calling, their highest angel, their highest possible vibration. In the order of the universe, you can live in alignment with your highest self. That's fine. But that's only about eight inches above your head, which is great. It's a really it's a higher vibration than what you're vibrating at right now if you're not used to it. But you will accelerate rapidly through that and then you will start realizing there's like maybe more. There's more that you can live into. There's more you can align to. There's other energies you can channel that will bring you more and different and more expansive moments of love and being love, and showing up for love. And love is everything. Maybe 
it's because Valentine's Day was a couple days ago. But maybe it's just time for us to open up to that idea. Maybe it's time for us to be willing to be the person who doesn't cut the other person off on the highway and not let it hurt our stomach. Alignment isn't just a thing that happens in your life when you start honoring who you truly are. When you start living into that person every day, it becomes a state of being. And that state of being is a state of being love. It's being in pure communication with the forces of the universe to understand the relationship between us and from higher perceptions that allow you to show up with more love and compassion for others. Deepening into your self-exploration journey or deepening into your spirituality, it doesn't take anything from anyone in your life. In fact, it creates more, more nourishing interactions with your mom, more nourishing interactions with your dad, more nourishing interactions with your friends, and especially yourself and your romantic partners or your life partners or your roommates or the people you cohabitate with. When we start living in alignment, we start creating and enriching not only our lives, but the lives of those around us too. Keep in mind, your brain is going to sit on the other end of your earbud and tell you, no, 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 this isn't right. She's lying. It's going to give you kickback because anytime you do something different or you consider a new idea even, if you're really locked up emotionally, if you're just considering what it would be like, your brain's probably finding all the things that are wrong for it, right? Like all the reasons why living in alignment isn't going to work for you. That's because your brain is always going to offer you kickback anytime you change. It's your job. It's, well, it's not your job. It's your brain's job to keep you alive. And it sees change as spending extra energy. And it will always elect to not do that willingly as it would like to continue suffering because we already know how much energy suffering takes and this new thing is unknown and we don't know how much energy that will take and it might kill us. That's the rapid fire sort of processing that's happening in your brain if you're having resistance to this idea. But here's what your brain is not telling you. It's not telling you that deepening into your sensitivities doesn't create more fear, it alleviates it. It doesn't tell you that deepening into your past and unpacking emotional wounds doesn't have to hurt. And you can do this work with love and playfulness. And it gets to be fun sometimes. And it's not realizing and accepting that you're worth so much more than what you're allowing yourself to have. And allowing yourself to have what you desire does not mean that you're going to throw away your whole life in order to get what you want. But your brain isn't willing to tell you these things until right now because it hasn't been motivated to find proof of these things to make sure that they're true. But allow me to motivate you. I want you to prove me wrong about those things that I mentioned. I want you to prove me wrong about those three things or four things because in doing so, not only will you pull yourself further into alignment with all the things that are working for you in your life, but you will use that stubborn energy that you've been turning inward to prove me wrong and focus it outward. And when you do that, you open up a million things that are working for you. All the ways that you have potential to be a better partner, parent, mentor, friend, and human. You will unlock yourself just in 
finding evidence that deepening into your sensitivities creates alleviation of fear, that deepening into your past and unpacking emotional wounds doesn't have to be painful and you can do this lovingly and with playfulness. And finally, be willing to realize that you are worthy of so much more than you can possibly imagine. So much more love, so much more money, so much more comfort, so much more safety, so much more. And just be willing to realize it. And if you're willing to do those things, you will show your brain a little bit at a time, over time, that living in love and living in alignment with your highest potential is actually safe. And not only that, it feels better and is more valuable than suffering. And feeling better than suffering is also safe because that's what happens. When we get stuck in suffering, our brain seems to think that this is the only way to live. This is the only way to be safe. I'm only safe if I suffer. If I suffer, I keep people from getting close to me and that keeps me safe from getting hurt. But what your brain doesn't see, again, is that that same suffering that's preventing you from getting close to others or following those signs that the universe has been giving you or taking that flight that you know you should take, what's happening is your brain is staying in suffering because it's a habit. And when it stays in suffering because it's a habit, it reinforces the negative thoughts that you have about yourself. So it really is a choice. You really do get to choose if you want to continue suffering or if you want to find evidence for life being safe and happy and fun and full of love. This is where my Ascension Angel played a huge role in creating safety for these new positive emotions for me. And I want to share this with you really quick because I didn't realize how averse I actually was to feeling joy and happiness and security until I started working with my angel. I mean, I was I really didn't like those feelings because until that point in my life, anytime I had felt safety in a relationship with somebody, it had exploded in my hands. Anytime I felt safety in a career, it exploded in my hands and it destroyed, like it just cut me off from everything. It just hurt so bad. So I was very averse to feeling any kind of happy emotions, any kind of joy until I started working with my angel. Because little bit by little bit, my angel brought me feelings of love, tingles from my head to toe. I would feel held by her energy anytime I would talk with her. And I would feel so safe each time I asked a question and she would answer. I just knew things were going to be better than I expected because I could just feel it in my heart. And so when I communed with her, when I asked her questions, I always assumed the highest answer was the most true. And then, of course, if we're working with any unseen, we have to bring in our own discretion always. But this is a pretty safe connection and it's a very high vibration. And a lot of times when I think I know the answer, it feels just as good when it's a no as it does when it's a yes. That's how I know I'm talking with my angel because she only comes from love. And when I'm asking her 
questions that are aligned to the discovery of more love and my highest purpose and staying in alignment and helping others, the no's feel as good as the yes. That's how you know. That's how you know that you're working with your angel because that's all they are. (laughs) It's just loving energy close to source or the universe or God or whatever you call the great creator. And what I saw over time is like moment after moment, question after question, I started to realize that the universe actually really does have my back. And Gabby Bernstein was right. It really is on my side. So I just needed to give it the chance to surprise the hell out of me with something incredible. And the truth is things really do take time. And (laughs) having an angel to pester all day long who loves you unconditionally and will validate you a thousand times makes a big difference in you defeating those fear monkeys that can show up when you want something and you manifest it and you're like, okay, I did my manifestation. I told the universe what I wanted. Now what? You can ask your angel a million times if you're going to get it, and it will tell you the same answer every time, and it will always feel good. (laughs) It will always feel loving. Your thoughts about that answer will change your experience, of course. But if you just take that at face value and know that that answer is coming from love, then you will feel incredible about your interaction, and you will just know that what you want is coming to you. What you want is coming to you. So this is a little build off of last week's episode on manifestation. And I want you to know that this alignment is a process. It's, a, it's manifestation in action. It's a system. They aren't separate. So I want to ask you now, just to wrap things up here. When do you feel like you're most living in alignment? Who are you showing up as when you feel this way? And how is this person received by those around you? Do you like this person more? How can you be more of this person by 1% today? Just a few questions to keep you wondering this week. Thank you for listening. From my heart to yours, so much love. Bye for now. And listen, weirdo, if you're ready to get in alignment with your highest potential, it's time for you to visit sunflowermindbody.com and click book now at the top of the page. Interproduction and voiceover talent provided by Everheart Studios out of Denver, Colorado with voiceover performance by the ever-talented Christine Burnett. Thank you so much to both of them for helping make my podcasting dreams come true. Got a burning curiosity? Slide into my DMs using the links in the show notes or email me, katie at sunflowermindbody.com to submit your ideas for future episodes now.